Things and Wool Gathering, episode 162 on tonight's show. We are welcoming a very special guest. She's not just a musical act, she's a movement. She goes by the name Aya Toya, which means it's just me. She recently released a new single called Panic Room. You got to check it out. It is fantastic. And she'll be releasing a video of that song in a few days. We're going to find out about that, some of her other music, and her passion for philanthropy. If you like what you've seen here tonight, subscribe and leave a comment. Feel free to uh, share this with your friends and smash that like button. Tonight's episode is brought to you by 4411 Creative Agency. The good folks at 4411 provide custom marketing and flawless execution. Creative is their middle name. Head over to 4411creative.com to find out more. And of course, I don't do this alone. I have to bring in my guy, the gruff but lovable Metalhead Mundy. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Mundy. Hello, hello. Hello. Played twice. It started to play twice. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I like lagging. how uh, I've been upgraded apparently from just lovable to gruff and lovable. So I, I, I'm not sure if that's a step forward or a step backward, but you seem a little uncomfortable <clears throat> about being lovable. So I thought if I threw <laughs> gruff in there, you'd feel more at home. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Total sense. Probably more accurate. Indeed. Well, um, we do have a special <laughs> guest tonight. And I want to get to that as soon as we can. So I'm going to hand it off to you, Mr. Mundy, to tell us a little bit more about Ayatoya. So, uh, I don't know, maybe I can't remember exactly what the date was, but uh, it's been a month or two ago. My youngest son and I, he's 19, um, we he's been wanting to go to a show with me for a long time. We finally found one. I'm like, Hey, stabbing Westward. It's one of my absolute favorite bands. Been listening to them since the nineties. He was like, I'm in. So we went, he kind of listened to them a little bit leading up to the show. And he knew a couple of the songs from seeing them in things. So we go to the show and, you know, I saw this opener, Aya Toya. And I'm like, I don't know what, I have no idea who that is. So I looked her up a little bit before we went and like, Ooh, this is pretty good. So, and Holy cow, man, uh, she just absolutely blew us away. Um, so, and I, we can, I, I won't go into her stage show right now. Like we'll get her on and talk about that a little bit, but, um, just absolutely blew us away. And so I started following her, and I saw she had a new single coming out that was produced by Walter Flackis from Stabbing West. was like, oh, my God, she's got new music out. So I'm like, I wonder if she would want to talk to us. So I just reached out and she said, absolutely. So here we are. So please welcome to the show Anya Tarnowska, who performs under the name Ayatoya. Hello. Hi. It's just her. Yeah, <laughs> and my logo. <laughs> I love the logo. It is pretty it great. Is who um who did that for you, or did you do that on your own? So yeah, sort of. You know, like it was just the letters, and you mm -hmm. know, I've always thought of uh, this musical act as a kind of blend of uh, peace and anarchy because this mm -hmm. reflects my uh, personality. So then the logo, you know, was sort of no-brainer. Aya, Toya, IYT, and then kind of like round, like anarchy and peace sign is. Mm -hmm. sort of like yeah. a, you can see it probably, right? Like, Sure. The inspirations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely fits your aesthetic. That's for sure. And I would say that yeah. that is a very unique thing about you. I mean, when you see what you're doing, it's very individual. It's very unique and original. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I don't, um, I don't really know where to start. I mean, I've got several questions, but, uh, <laughs> so when my son and I saw you live, um, like I said, I, we really didn't know what to expect and you come out by yourself 
<laughs> and you, you know you have off to the side you kind of have the the little the laptop and sampler set up and all that stuff and you know you've got the microphone stand with the grenade on it and you got the screen with all the cool visuals and you're playing guitar and your your looping pedals and all that and i mean to do everything that you do 100% by yourself it's so impressive so how how did you decide that's what you wanted to do just by yourself and not have anyone up there with you well first of all thank you for the compliment <laughs> And uh, well, how did I decide? I was in multiple different brands and projects and I've noticed that each of them was just breaking up and it was never me. It was always somebody else that just didn't have that type of commitment and engagement. And I figured, well, I mean, I know what I want to do with my life. That's all I want to do with my life. I need to do music. I need mm -hmm. to sing. I need to write songs. I need to perform. And so I figured I should just do it on my own. So I started learning production. I went to school, uh, finished, uh, got the degree for music business and for music production. And I uh, started working on my very first, very raw, almost like a demo record, now that I look from perspective, which was called Blue. And then just right after I wrote that uh, demo record, uh, I needed to come up with ideas how to perform all this music, how to play everything, you know, all the layers. And that's where, you know, the eight month process began. It took me eight months to do the first version of my live show. Uh, and then I kept upgrading, then pandemic happened. And through the pandemic, I uh, rebuilt a bunch of things and like upgraded stuff. But yeah, that's basically the decision came from uh, just the need of performing and the need of being out there and feeling unstoppable, but not being unstoppable because everybody else would stop me. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. self-reliance, really. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that makes awesome. sense because the, the music is powerful, yet there's a, a vulnerability in the lyrics, I think, sometimes. So that makes total sense. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, I love bands. I have other projects still going on. I'm part of the Joy Tapes. Right, band uh, rock band and I always love collaborating with other people I love performing with other musicians there is some special thing happening on stage when when uh, it, ha it, it when you know when you work with others on stage but I love performing <clears throat> as well I really do that's cool I had a question um, we were talking because he just asked a question about creating the music so mm -hmm. I was listening to um, it's no good Okay, your cover and there is a sound i mean it's really cool because it's very different than the original which is i think pretty neat but there's a sound in there and i was driving um in the morning to work and it it reminded me of and i don't know if you'll get the reference but J jeremy you probably will an old handsaw that's really long and you shake it and it mm. makes this yeah. wah, 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 you know, sound and i kind of got that in the background and i was just thinking to myself do you create any of your own sounds or is it like, you know, there's a, a group of samples and then you can just manipulate them? Or do you ever actually input your own sounds that you create? A lot of that. So I do both, both things. You know, I like taking sounds from nature. Uh, I mm -hmm. live in the forest now. But even before I lived in the forest, I would uh, simply walk on the fall leaves and the mm -hmm. crunch of those leaves. I would record it and then make a snare sound of it. So it's like in a lot of my songs, I add this layer of that crunch of the leaves into my snare, but just a bunch of different stuff, you know, uh, from the life world that we are in. And I started loving doing so when I was at school, uh, getting my music production degree, and we did Foley work. Oh, oh yeah. now, very cool. Sort of like for, uh, and even we did that for NPR radio as well. Mm -hmm. we, we had to create sounds for, you know, like a kind of podcast, but create every sound that the person would be telling the story about from scratch. Yeah, so it was awesome. like I got so much into it, and it was very creative and a lot of fun. And so I will never stop doing that. Actually, I want to expand on that and uh, do more. Uh, enter the world of soundtrack in the future because I love uh, movie and cinema, 
and yeah. more do more of that kind of work. Definitely, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, um, fully work. That's something that I discovered. Like I, I've always been a movie fan since I was mm-hmm. very very young, and you know, growing up, you see behind the scenes stuff wasn't so prevalent when I was young. Like it was harder to come by. You know, yeah. um, now you can find anything, of course, but when I saw first saw someone doing Foley work, I was like, Oh my God, that's how they do it. Like, I'm like, that's amazing. So then you kind of start listening for that stuff when you're watching movies and that's, that's great. I I love that. Yeah. Same here. (laughs) Agreed. Cause as a kid, it was so cool to think, how did they make lightsaber sounds? You know, and then like one of those fanzines would come out and explain it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I wish I was that guy. I actually I literally just watched a video on that yesterday. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's funny. Um, we got a question mm-hmm. from a Facebook user. I'm posting on the screen. It said, would you consider opening an after school music program to give kids a place to have something to look forward to and give them an interest and reason to show up and curb teen depression? Oh my God. It sounds like a dream project, you know? Hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It's my heart is in this hundred percent. And so I'd love this. So just sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, um, I know you're from Chicago and Hyde park. They have a really cool, um, it's not an art museum, but it's an art Institute of some kind. And they have, we were there one time going through it when they had the kids in and they have an after school program for kids to come in and do art. And then the entire gallery is their artwork and they curate what it's going to be about. It is really a neat thing. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. And you know, I do vocal coaching. So I've mm-hmm. worked with kids cool. a lot, like, you know, vocal coaching them. Uh, and I think in the future, I would like to expand this kind of work into what you just mentioned kind of like a you know project to curb the depression to let kids expand their own talent hear their own voice find their own voice and through this uh, you know sort of get rid of the darkness or not get rid of it but know it enough to be able to live with it Mm-hmm. I think something like that also is important now because you just hear more and more of music programs in schools getting cut mm-hmm. and or, you know, cut back to bare bones. And uh, someone may not even know because they're not able to do it in school. They may not even know they have this love or this talent or, you know, unless they can go somewhere out of school to explore that. I, that's that's wonderful. Exactly. And, you know, especially now when kids are pushed to do so much, their mm-hmm. life is just insane. You know, all the projects, they they just endlessly running from one thing to another. And uh, mental health is a concern. And then just exactly mm-hmm. trying to find yourself in it, have identity. It's like a gift these days. It's, it's the mm-hmm. privilege almost, right? To like be able to know who you fully are. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. It should be given. <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, you touched on mental health there. So I would say put a pin in that. We'll circle back around to that. <laughs> more on that, more on that soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, s- speaking of children, you know, discovering their love for music or talent or whatever, how, how did you figure out that you were musical and or, and or both, I guess, that that is what you wanted to do? Oh, I think it figured it out before I did figure that. (laughs) I can say it. So uh, my parents told me that I reacted to music when I was born. So like when I was like a baby, laying in my little, you know, thing, uh, I would scream and shout and be like super animated until they started playing music. And any kind of music just soothed me down. at the age of three, I already performed. I don't remember it, but I have some pictures <laughs> of that with microphone. And then shortly after, my parents signed me up for Music Institute. So then I started my musical education, you know, the theory and uh, vocal performance, guitar performance, piano, and so on. And I guess at that point, I already knew that this is what I want to do. And my education was interrupted by uh, a car accident 
okay. which basically put me in terrible coma, shredded my guitar, and put my life on hold for many years. So the recovery took a long time, and uh, because I've had normal school, when I was ready to go back, I had to catch up on normal school, and I never returned to my musical institute. But uh, I still already, you know, studied, and uh, so I got all the bass, and I still had that hunger, which uh, was put on hold for the time, but it returned. And then here I am doing it. <laughs> well, and we're all the more lucky for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, a uh, Facebook user said, she is my fave guest so far, hands down. Aww. I will not tell Michael Cerevolo. His old soul can't take it. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Michael, I'm not going to lie. I almost, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, there's a group called Beauty and Chaos. Yeah. Okay. So Michael, the ringleader of that has been on our show a few times. He's awesome. He, we love him. But uh, I, I almost sent your videos to him and be like, <laughs> dude, if you don't work with this woman, you're insane. <laughs> Because he that's what he does. Like he does music and then he has guest singers on every song. Like he doesn't, you know, and I'm like, oh, you gotta you gotta hook up with this girl. This is cool. Well so. and the last album was entirely female singers. Yes. And wow. so and they get to bring a lot to it with lyrics and things like that. And they create entire records and it's really an incredible project and yeah. we love supporting it. And he's just he is off the charts amazing. Yeah. He's a good awesome. guy. That is awesome. I have to check this latest record out. And yes, I am on the Julian Beeston's uh, project, which is called The Featured. He features women. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was uh, honored to be a part of that with a couple different songs. And it's been such a pleasure. Fantastic. Especially that, you know, being surrounded by all this other talent, all these amazing women that are just mind-blowingly amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. <laughs> something different you know because i'm on my own every day doing mm -hmm. ayatoya stuff so then when i get to collaborate it's just this whole huge powerful hit of energy that i just cherish so much well i i'm yeah I, i'm not even kidding i almost did that so i if we Good. can make that connection and something <laughs> comes out of it awesome cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um you mentioned, you know, collaboration with other people. And then I, I do believe that Panic Room is going to be part of an album, correct? Yes. In, in the works. So mm -hmm. will there be collaborations on that? Or is that going to be a solo you entire album? It is solo me entire album. However, uh, this album is produced with Walter Blackwood mm -hmm. of Stabbing Westward. So here is that collaboration right there. And uh, it's just amazing. I mean, I'm um, so happy. I yeah, sorry to interrupt, but you mentioned Walter, and I was actually this kind of goes along with it. I was going to ask how much he is involved in like the songwriting process, or in you know floating ideas, or or is it all your music, and he's just kind of you know helps with production arrangement and that kind of thing. But so yeah. all of that goes with this. Yeah, so it is my music and my lyrics, and he kindly says that they are good enough to work with <laughs> so he definitely helps with production he enhances my sounds elevates the whole thing you know mm -hmm. does some switches so like you know i do electronic drums uh he will throw in some other drums here and there which just make it better uh and just you know then he mixes the whole album as well so uh having this kind of ear and this kind of talent is just priceless Plus, he's just the kindest, the sweetest person to work with. We have a tracking session tomorrow, so we are still tracking. He actually tracks with me, and then I do edits on my own vocals after okay. we track. So, you know, it's just easier because he comps it right away. Less work for me to edit and, like, do all the work uh, on how I want the vocal to sound. But we have tracking sessions this week, and I can't wait already. It's so cool. It's just fun, you know? It's cooler than when I do it on my own. Especially that uh, running from the microphone to computer, back and forth, just switch and to, like, you know, uh, do this for the whole song is so exhausting, honestly, that having someone like that, in addition to being cool and amazing, 
but also helping me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, how, how did you guys get on each other's radars? Was it just from like, I know uh, I'm assuming him it's credited to stabbing Westward, but I I'm going to guess it was probably Walter remix. One of your songs. Yeah. Is that how you guys kind of lined up? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes. So and was that, was that you pursuing him or vice versa or how did that not, He was the one that offered. Awesome. <laughs> So That's amazing. it was like, for me, I was like, is this real? I think I cried <laughs> at the time. But uh, yes, we talked, you know, so I actually reached out to him because I was invited to tour with Stabbing Westward. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in 2020. And then, so of course, I was like, oh my God. What happened? The whole world <laughs> is just amazing. And then the pandemic happened. So yeah. the tours never happened. And I'm just like, right there. It's right there. And boom. Yeah. And nothing. And being locked, you know, locked down. Yeah. So actually, I talked to Walter about this. Uh, I reached out asking him. I never talked to him before. And it was the first time I ever uh, allowed myself to, you know, just talk to him. And I was just asking if, you know, uh, they are planning to tour after the pandemic and if... It, this would still be a thing or not. And uh, instead of having this conversation, because the world, uh, the touring world, live music world was very uncertain at the time, he uh, told me that he loves my new record, which I wrote during the pandemic. It was out of order record that mm -hmm. came out uh, early 2021. And then uh, he was interested in remixing one of the songs. So I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> so I asked which one and he chose that song and then i got this absolutely mind-blowing remix and i just knew that you know that that right there that this could be something awesome if we ever got to work together on more than that and here we are i wrote my uh, demos my, i did demos through last winter and then walter came to my studio in march uh, 2023 so this this winter and we started slowly working on the stuff we are both very busy so th this was taking time but uh, at this point we just uh, finalizing a couple more songs and uh, boom so I'm guessing based on that for you COVID became a creative productive period for you Oh, very much so. I mean, it's almost like I had no choice because there was so much uncertainty. I remember just feeling fear, you know, when the pandemic started, like what's going to happen with all the animals was my greatest fear because of my dog and like uh, watching all these other movies about uh, Chernobyl and all the other disaster movies when they were just seizing animals. This was like my greatest I'm like right there, I'm gonna die if my dog has to die. But then it never happened. But then there were other concerns, you know, uh, money, jobs, food, this kind of like, how do you survive in the time when you cannot do your job? Right. So I figured, well, instead of worrying, I'm going to write a record about how I worry. <laughs> and so this was out of order. I was basically totally out of order during that time. <laughs> that record saved me writing this making this, bringing it to life, saved me through the pandemic because otherwise I think I would go crazy. Not that I'm not crazy, but I would <laughs> <laughs> definitely more crazy. I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, Panic Room, kind of mm -hmm. leading into to new music and creation. Um, how did that come about? What do you mean, that like the release all, or the itself? Is that all you? Did you get good input on that? Or what inspired it? Uh, what inspired this is mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of my other songs. I wrote it about one of the times uh, when I got panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, uh, this. you know, the, I don't know if you've ever had panic attack. I don't get them often, but when they happen, it's just like this whole force takes over you and you are no longer yourself. 
-hmm. And so I had to write a song about it right there. And I did. And um, I sort of put it in a form where it's like an, another person, mm -hmm. which is, That's, you know. Yeah. But I was going to ask if the she was you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And so, you know, uh, give me your hand, she says. Give me your heart, she says. Give me your pain. Give me your pain. Give your pain. She takes it all until I have nothing left again. And that's literally how I feel during the panic attack, which, again, I don't have them often. But uh, this is exactly the feeling. Like you have nothing, no, not even a pain anymore. You are just like this soulless creature for the moment of, you know, when the panic attack lasts. And it's almost like you are dead. That's why I'm feeling closer to death. Panic yeah. room. <laughs> panic room has the very tight space, you know, very confined. Yeah. Like you cannot escape. Yeah, I, I think there's um, an element to the writing of that that is so cool that she could be alcoholism. Oh. It could be drug abuse. And I love one of the lines about you come to me when I'm strong or whatever. Like <laughs> even an addiction for a strong person can take them. So I felt like anybody who's struggling could get this song and feel an emotional connection to it. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of what I want. I never really fully want to disclose uh, my own interpretation, mm -hmm. not to take away from everybody else to interpret mm -hmm. their own way. Because if you think about it, all this mental health stuff comes from what you just said. So we all struggle with things, you know, emotional uh, every day. So for someone, it might be the bottle. For somebody else, it could be insomnia. For somebody else, it could be, you know, a million different things every day. And we, we go through this, right? But we, we yeah, we, we are all the same. We are in the same boat with this kind of feelings. I think, uh, I mean, really, like the best lyrics are usually left open to interpretation at least a little bit like that. So it can mean, so it can mean, you know, different things for different people and they can all feel it and take it in and make it their own, you know, apply it to their life. I, that's whether that writing is intentional or not. I think, uh, you know, the best songs kind of work that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. And then the video comes, is it the ninth? Yes. So we have tomorrow is Tuesday. Then we have Wednesday and then Thursday. If it comes out on the ninth. I think you're excited about the video. I'm so excited. This Why was... are you excited? Tell us about it. Oh, you know, first of all, <laughs> I always love visual art. So for me, like cinematic, you know, works. And then uh, kind of like giving the song a visual representation is very powerful. It's my favorite thing. Your so stage show. I mean... The, the lighting, the screen behind you, it, it's, I mean, you, your animated performance, uh, what you just said makes perfect sense. Yes. And then, you know, my, my videos on YouTube, right? I, uh, as you probably know, for my recent release, for my last release, not recent, not the acoustic release, but the EP, Out of Order EP, I did music video for every single song on the mm -hmm. EP. It was official music video for each of them. And uh, it comes from exactly that love to cinema and to, you know, the visual arts. So that's partially why I'm very excited about releasing this video. But uh, also the process of making this video, uh, the team that uh, I am now involved with for my official music videos is absolutely excellent. There's like a team of badasses, <laughs> the Alex Jarek, Brian Olivo, and TJ uh, and then Joel Lopez, who's been working with me since my start on my visual stuff. He also is part of that team now. So these guys uh, created Cage. They built the Cage for that music video. They created gigantic moving walls. So the process uh, of the video and its uh, cre creation was just like insanely, insanely, insanely you know, crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think uh, watching your videos, um, they're, they're all different but similar. 
in, in certain ways. Um, I mean, obviously they uh, they all look different, but I I like how you put together like these cinematic uh, pieces and kind of intermingle that almost with uh, you know your stage show. Like it, there's footage of you playing, and it's very reminiscent of your your stage setup. But but you know that's interspersed with the cinematic stuff. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the song, and I'm so sorry. But the one that uh, you're in the snow. That's Vast beautiful. Yeah. Yes, Vast, but Yes, that that is so cool. And like the wire work and all of that. I mean, it looks like wire work, but um, uh, it looks like there might even be a little bit of green screen in there somewhere. But um, there is. Yeah, so I, your videos are very creative and it looks like, I don't know, it's it's hard to say, knowing just a little bit about production, like it, it's, they don't look like they're terribly expensive, but they look amazing and professional. And so it's well all done. Budget, down on the budget. So it's uh, yeah. looking, definitely each of those videos looks more expensive than it could. Which is yeah. part of creative efforts, you know. So, like, I like challenging my team always, and like, let's try to find the way. How can we make this happen? This vision, and then sometimes we have to tweak the vision, but sometimes we don't, and sometimes we just succeed, you know, creating something that is uh, that is just a little workaround, you know, without having all the millions of dollars that big artists do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about uh, lighting and camera work. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And cool props and glasses that probably aren't too easily seen through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of the ones in the videos are really cool oh, yeah. masks and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, for this music video, Panic Room, uh, excellent lights, excellent mm -hmm. lights and camera work. Camera work, mm -hmm. just uh, Alex Jarek has like this tremendous skills to do things that I have not had before on my music videos. So you will get to see very zoomed in, you know, elements of performance and of other stuff. It's, it's, I can't wait. I just can't wait for everyone to see it. Well, it's a beautiful video. So and thank you for sharing it with us early. So, Well, I'm not going to tell you anything about it right now because I'm going to write a review on it and release it Friday so then you'll find out. So prepare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. That's so cool. So. Um, while we're on the topic of production and, you know, seeing live clips of you, uh, can we talk for a minute about your stage costumes? And oh. like, where do those come from? Is that all you? Do you have someone you work with to put those together? Because I mean, every clip that I have seen of you live, that your different costumes are just outstanding. Very cool. I'm a fashion freak. Okay. <laughs> I'm a makeup freak too, but I am literally a fashion freak. So I like putting my outfits together by myself. I buy different things at different places and then I assemble those outfits as sometimes it wouldn't even make sense to put two things together, but that's part of it. You know, I like to challenge myself. I like to challenge my audience and wear weird things, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't work together, but somehow they do. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, you say that, that these things don't go together and they look strange or whatever, but Honestly, I think with the kind of music you do, like you, you're definitely a part of, I, I would say you have like kind of an industrial sound and really like that kind of stuff is not unheard of in that scene. I mean, it, they can get a little extreme with looks and visuals and stuff. So, I, I mean, I, it works. Yeah. I mean, I hope it does, you know, and again, I've been told by multiple people that I am sort of like a bundle of contradictions as a person. Okay. So it only makes sense that it reflects in my fashion choices. And, you know, yeah, and this too, I mean, right? Uh, peace and anarchy. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. That's true. Not be together, but somehow, here we go. <laughs> You're like a Reese cup. 
Speaking of your makeup and stuff, don't you have a line of lipstick? I do. Yeah. I do have a line of lipstick. These are really good lipsticks. I'm so proud of those. Uh, they are compared to uh, Jeffree Star's lipsticks, who mm -hmm. is one of my favorite uh, makeup designers. Mm -hmm. uh, Quality-wise, a lot of people compare them, and they say they are alike. Uh, the, the lipsticks are Dev's Kiss lipstick. They are after one of my songs from Out of Order EP, uh, Dev's Kiss song. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I figured I should make a lipstick line called Dev's Kiss. Mm -hmm. And have this kind of like a line, kill them with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> now, so who I, did you partner with for that? Well, I actually have a person who, it's not like a partnership, official partnership. Mm -hmm. I have a person, a chemist who designs uh, the lipstick for me. And oh then I do packaging. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. And because, because I have a 23-year-old daughter, I knew who Jeffree Star was. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... So I just released the new color called Chroma, and it's one of my favorites. It's going to be featured a lot next year as I keep releasing new songs. And one of them will have a lot of that lipstick on. It's just mind-blowing, the amazing lipstick, because it's like silver, but it's yes. matte, but it's silver, and yeah. it stays on your lips, and it's just so smooth, and I love it. But it's... each of the lipsticks are, you know, the most popular is probably Blackout Black, Mm -hmm. um, in the golf community, but then the uh, blood red is pretty popping. I have it on me right now. Yeah, the uh, the chromas. <laughs> it's very dramatic. <laughs> it is very dramatic. Very cool looking. Uh, I also, my wife is an esthetician, so I have also heard the name Jeffrey Star before. Oh, here we go. But, hey. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, that's very. I. I enjoy the fact, I mean, just looking at your website, I like when I first saw that, I was like, oh, I mean, of course, like, why wouldn't you? Uh, you, you know, I like that you can diversify like that and kind of engage multiple interests and, you know, find a way to, I don't monetize sounds like such a dirty word, but you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you are able to use your talents to support yourself. It's funny because, you know, if you think uh, of musicianship in terms of monetization, it doesn't really translate these days. It's mm -hmm. uh, unless you are a big celebrity on the top yeah. level, then, you know, it's almost like music is just a vehicle for promotion. And mm -hmm. I just talked to one of my uh, road crew guys, Danesh, today, and we all decided that, like, what probably I am selling is just my personality and my lifestyle, mm -hmm. just who I am, you know, and uh, just sharing it with people. And lipstick is just one of those things, but mm -hmm. I want to do so much more. Anything I can do <laughs> more makeup, but also more, more, more stuff, more fashion. And yeah, yeah. besides more music, of course. It's crazy that you, you know, you say that, I think it was a week ago, Corey Taylor came out and said that you would assume that they're all just mega millionaires. And he said, really, they're just upper middle class yeah. because you don't make what you think you make in music anymore, which, you know, it went from the days of the music companies robbing the artists, but they still got very rich to now yeah. struggling to make it wonderful people making great music struggling. And I, you know, I wish it weren't that way. Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny. Someone once told me that they, for the longest time of their life, they thought that art and the music is a luxury. Mm -hmm. And then they changed their mind and they now say it is necessity. And I love mm -hmm. this quote and I keep reminding myself this every time I feel panic room, you know, mm -hmm. oh, what am I doing with my life? Panic room. But then it hits me, this quote, it comes back to me and I'm like, I am going to keep going, you know. Because it is necessity. It's very important. It's I, it is absolutely necessary for me, and it has been in my life. I, I mean, I, I've been a music fan since I was very young. I grew up listening to certain things with my dad, and I started finding my own music, and you know, gravitated towards heavy music and industrial stuff, and 
you know, it, it's, I, I don't know where I would be without music. And I, I was talking to someone just the other day and they were like, Oh, I don't hardly ever listen to music. And I've only been to, you know, a few concerts in my life. And, I, and I'm like, Oh, I could, I could not live like that. <laughs> like It's like music is everything, you know, it's just, it can, you know, lift you up and take you wherever you need to go. And exactly you know help you remember things through your life and uh, it's just it's everything it's just enhancement yeah. such enhancement without which i think everything would be just bleak in life well i always think when people talk about removing the arts from education i think mm-hmm. when you come home from work what do you do you read a book you watch tv you listen to music all of those things are some form of art the things that give our lives joy outside of family and friends are artistic things. Yeah. And when people talk about shutting that down, I just, you know, I will tell you, as long as I'm in charge at our school, that will never happen. We actually gave an entire building to our band and art. So awesome. their yes. role, well, my wife is the artist, so uh, she would kill me if I didn't, but I would do it anyway. <laughs> you know, it pains me to hear that. It's happening. I swear that when I was at school, my favorite things were art class and music mm-hmm. class. These were the things I was waiting, looking forward to. This, this was everything. So now, thinking from children's perspective, now not having that, it's just where, how, how do you yeah. like process all these things inside, right? The arts always help you. It gives them a community as well. Yeah. Exactly. People just like them who have a, now they have a place where they can go and feel at home and, and welcomed and loved. Mm-hmm. So it's a great group. Kids. So like exactly like, you know, who, who am I? And then ability to express that. So I'm this and that through this without, uh, I guess, judgment, right. In like safe environment, everybody's doing the same project. So important. Like this feeling of inclusion and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they say um you know comparison is the thief of joy oh yes know? and so we yeah. just gotta be ourselves and be happy with who we are and what we do so yeah. um yeah very I love cool that, by the way <laughs> it's such a good quote it's funny because dan milligan who's the founder of the joy thieves he told mm-hmm. me that <laughs> one time and i'm just like okay you're right <laughs> and that's why facebook and Instagram and all these things make people feel so bad about their own lives as they start to compare to the fake life yeah. that somebody shows them on social media. And you don't know what that person's life is really like. And then you compare it to them and you're like, man, I'm worthless. I don't have what they have. And that is a terrible thing that has happened, you know, through social media. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, I mean, everybody, most people want you to see, they only want you to see the best things. So that's all they put out there. And and to the extent where if you see someone on social media, actually kind of being real and being vulnerable and you, you almost think, Oh, what's wrong with them? Something's wrong with them. Oh, that's, you know, Ooh, I don't want to be like that. So it's, you can't even, you can't be real, you know, like this video for TikTok just talking about panic room song and just asking people to please click the link. Mm-hmm. And I was as vulnerable as real as it gets, you know, literally. Mm-hmm. Hey, and uh, some comments under that were just like, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, really? you? Hey, uh, I am. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Just move yeah. on. I hate that. And then I feel like it comes, being vulnerable comes with that, you know, like mm-hmm. it's almost like taking the risk. It's like what mm-hmm. you said. But as an artist, I don't imagine being any other way, even in public light. Mm-hmm. You know, the artists are vulnerable. We are very sensitive people. But mm-hmm. to go out there and pretend that I'm not would deny the whole purpose of me doing art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw something the other day. I, we were speaking about our friend Michael Cervolo earlier, and he posted something that I thought was pretty profound. Um <laughs> It said something along the lines of, you know, being an artist is hard because you have to 
simultaneously not care what anyone thinks and <laughs> care what everyone thinks mm -hmm. like and you have to find that balance and deal with that yeah it is weird it's like you know everything i write personally comes from here every lyric every sound it's very personal because that's where i have all this so i'm sharing this and then uh when you release a song then there's this feeling it's almost like i need to educate myself not to take things too seriously because otherwise you know it's me there in that song so then someone who doesn't like the song or criticize it uh, i cannot ever allow myself to you know uh, think that this is me this is me being criticized I don't mm -hmm. know, what am I doing to my hair? I think I'm nervous and vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. Looks great. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I what, mm -hmm. what I trying to say, right? Yeah. That, um, yeah, of course. I agree with that quote. I agree exactly with what he said because it's true. It's uh, this balance. It's weird balance between not uh, caring at all and caring too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to be trashed publicly. I mean, I don't care who you are. You can have a thick skin, but at some level it hurts a little, um, especially if they attack character or something more personal about you than just, you know, that song's not for me. And people today don't tend to go that route. Yeah, because of course, like everybody has different tastes. I would never yeah. expect uh, people to, every person in the world to love what I do because mm -hmm. it's very specific. It's not for everyone, and I know this. Like, I wouldn't want it to be for everyone because then I would be mainstream, and that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, say, we don't want, you, don't want you to be mainstream. Yeah. Um, I say all the time, you know, in lots of different situations, anytime anyone's talking about music or we're, we are big, Steve and I are big comic book fans, you know, art or comics writing that they don't like stories. They don't like this. And I'm like, it's, it's art, all art, all art is so subjective. It's yeah. not for everyone. If you like it, great. If you don't, there's more out there. Like just change the channel, turn the page, listen to something else. It, it there's something out there for you. If one thing is not for you, who cares? Just walk away from it and enjoy something else. You know, there's so much out there. Just find what you like. And I agree with this as well. Exactly. No one needs to hear that opinion, you know? <laughs> uh -oh, we have an opinion coming on the so screen right now. I mean, that is my energy with Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't like it, I turn it off and find something else. <laughs> that, um, Anya would be my daughter posting yeah. and she is absolutely in love with Bob Dylan and she knows every song and um, she will fight with anyone who doesn't agree with her that he is the she greatest to, ever. Yeah. She <laughs> likes to troll me because I, I don't care for his voice. I, he is an amazing songwriter, but I don't care for his voice. And yeah, so her and I fight about that all the time. But is it? Here's the thing. Exactly. It's for some people and not for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, not for her. It's for everybody. <laughs> and you must <laughs> like it. <laughs> uh, um, well, let's circle back around a little bit because we have been talking yes. about feelings and hurt and all of that. And you have mm -hmm. a great story and a great cause. And I think people would want to get behind it. So I'd love you to tell that a little bit as much as you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... So I have always been all about suicide prevention and mental health. And uh, yeah, my story is pretty straightforward, dark. I've lost my mom to suicide. And uh, ever since then, it's been just very, very, very weird, you know, process of kind of recovery and understanding and digging deeper to, uh, to find what I can do to uh, sort of honor her death and also to help everybody else who's alive. And uh, so I started, um, I have one, I wear one always, almost always, but I have those bracelets. Um, they are like crisis line bracelets for mental health and suicide prevention. I don't know if this shows how it is or it shows the mirror side view. 
No, I'll post it again. I, I posted it on Facebook and yeah. um, I'll post it on Twitter when we're done too. So basically I give these away uh, every year around this time. I mean, it's going to mark the second year now because I started doing this last year. Before that, I was uh, donating uh, 15% of all my album sales to American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which is still going on, you know, with my physical releases that are out there. However, I started this. This is self-funded project, uh, but not just because some people actually donated. Last year, I received this crazy donation of $400. So it allowed me to make lots more of those bracelets. Um but uh, yeah, basically, I'm sending this to anyone who's interested in, you know, our country for free, postage covered. Just reach out to me. I think instructions will be given, right? How you can reach out. You can uh, send me basically, and I will send to you this bracelet. Yes, yes I'll that, put the links with this. Yeah, and it's already on the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page that the information is already there. So if, if anyone's watching this, go to Facebook, Wanderings Wool Gathering, find the post that has the picture of those bracelets and it will tell you how to how to get one if you want one. Yes, I feel like holiday season is so tricky because, and yeah. that comes again from my own experience because first uh, Christmas without my mom was just a terrible experience. It was so hard and I wasn't sure how to deal. You know, I was just hiding under covers didn't go anywhere, was alone, and uh, it was just sad, sad, sad time. Mm -hmm. And I hear that uh, every year, a lot of people feel the same. So yeah. this is sort of like a reminder that you are not alone, we are not alone, and, uh, you know, also wearing this is sort of cool. It literally started a lot of conversations in my life, and I've had situations where people told me that it helped them just to see this on the wrist, you know? So I encourage people to wear it because, uh, I mean, you never know who sees it, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I told you, I don't want to say who it is on the air, but I, there's someone in my family who has expressed suicidal ideation and, you know, thankfully they've never acted on that, but um, you know, the, that struggle you never know yeah. where you're going to come into contact with that. You never know who is going to struggle with that. So I, this is absolutely wonderful. And I, I will definitely, you know, probably be trying to obtain a, a few of those to give out. Just give me the address. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are coming. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it, it's simply asking and she sends them. So there's no reason you should not do it. Um, but there is also a PayPal link if you would like to help her cause and send her some money so that yep. she can keep this going. She's not profiting from it in any way. It's simply a genuine philanthropic effort to bring awareness to suicide. And in today's world, we need it. Last mm -hmm. week at school, we had a speaker in um, about suicide prevention who had one of his younglings under his watch um, commit suicide. And so he shared that with our student body and um, it was very quiet. And it's usually not at convocations for, for students. So um, they took it very seriously. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It's hard, you know, it's hard. Uh, modern world is not easy and life is not easy, definitely. It was never promised to be easy, but I feel like it's pretty hard right now for mm -hmm. everybody, no matter who you are. And uh, yeah, so this kind of even conversation, I feel like it's so important because it brings awareness. You know, it stops the shame and stops the stigma that, you know, we still have. It's still out there that you are not supposed to talk about that you feel darkness or that you not feel well. It's still, how are you? I'm okay. What yeah. if okay you know i say if i don't feel okay i reply i'm actually not that people look at me like it's yeah. i mean i've always stressed that with my kids you know like if, if there's anything going on talk to someone i mean it, it's nothing that is going on in your life is worth your life ending yeah. so it, you know if you ever have any kind of problem please talk to someone, whether it's me or their mom 
or not someone you or, know. yes or, absolutely or make a phone call. i i remember when i heard you know i me growing up i remember there was always like the suicide prevention hotline is 1-800 blah 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 like who can remember that and especially if you're in crisis and you're maybe not <laughs> thinking clearly who's going to remember that number who's going to stop and think to look at that number when they switch to this 988 i'm like uh, that's beautiful that's amazing i mean you know that's super easy to remember yeah. and if it if it's promoted enough i think enough people will have that in the back of their mind We're like oh uh you know i'm something's going on here i don't feel well I, i'm you know 988 and talk it out figure it out yeah. i think that's awesome yeah yep. and your your first step is to go to ayatoya.com join the cult yes so to speak <laughs> And then you can email her and she will definitely get it. It won't go to spam and you can request yeah. that bracelet. So, exactly. um, so again, we'll post that, that for you. Reach out and I'm sending those. I mean, the holiday drive, as I call it now, I guess, mm -hmm. is officially started with today. So, yeah. Isn't that crazy? The holiday joyful season really mm -hmm. becomes the opposite for so many. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's like, yeah, baffling, yeah. but... Um, that's why we have to talk about things and uh, spread it and like, you know, just uh, kind of make it more normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will tell you, it's kind of heartening with youth. They are embracing it a little bit more and they are coming forward, asking for help more. Um, we have a behavior specialist at school who they love because he's amazing and they will go to him. And so it is getting better. So awesome. all of your efforts and everybody like you who pushes for this it's making a difference that's awesome yeah well you're awesome for doing it so there oh, thank you. <laughs> you're just busy and you're still doing it that's what's most most impressive and you're doing it on your own dime it, that's incredible that is a very giving person it's important you know to <laughs> me it's everything honestly yeah yeah well that is fantastic um I only really have one other question for you. And then uh, if Monday does, then, you know, we'll keep going. But so <clears throat> the cure, we love the cure. And uh, that, you know, disintegration is one of my wife and I's favorite record. We just finally got our bucket list. We got to see him live finally. And then I saw that you did a cover of love song. And I'll be honest. I looked at the screen and I thought, Oh my gosh if I hate her cover and I have to talk to her tomorrow, <laughs> this is going to be some, I don't know if I should watch this. And um, so then I did and it, it was excellent. I, you changed it up a lot in a very cool way. I love the piano. Um, it, it was really good. And I'm so glad it was because I, I just went ahead and went for it and I, <laughs> I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise, but I loved it. It was a great version. Thank you so much. It was like a spur of the moment, honestly. Uh, for Valentine's Day, again, kind of like darker thing for Valentine's Day mm -hmm. to just show people, you know, not everyone is like falling for this hallmark, uh, you know, <laughs> capitalistic mm -hmm. <laughs> situation. Some people actually feel dark during, yeah. uh, during this holiday. Yeah. So I felt like twist uh, to twist that kind of that song mm -hmm. a little darker and like sadder you know, would be what I wanted to do. And there we go. <laughs> yeah. That pi I love the piano. That was so good. Piano. piano is not me. Piano is Joel Lopez. Mm -hmm. who is my friend, my mm -hmm. road crew, and also my video person. He creates most of my behind uh, the life, you know, performance visuals. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So he, he's also multi-talented, you know, person. And he, he recorded his piano uh, as a little teaser. I can say that I just talked to him today and mm -hmm. we're going to do something again together. I want to invite him to do something. Did he do me. the, did he do the piano in Prey, the acoustic version? No, no, no. Okay. He was not on this one, but he's going to do, he's going to do uh, something else. I'm not going to reveal yet, but <laughs> yeah, okay. early, early next year. <laughs> awesome. So speaking of covers, I am a sucker for a great cover song. I absolutely love them. Some people don't. I do. I love a straight cover. I love when someone like you 
the ones you seem to do, you take them and kind of twist them and make them your own. I absolutely love that too. Um, when, when I saw you live, you started playing the song and, I, and you started like the song didn't really register with me, the music. And then you started singing and I was like, wait a minute. I know those lyrics <laughs> and it was, you know, it's Depeche mode. It's no good. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. How, how do you choose the covers you want to do? Oh, this song was just my all time favorite forever. So I wanted to cover that song because yeah. it's just the song that I love. Same with love song. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to do so many more, honestly, I'm so busy that it's hard to do this while you have your own stuff, you know, so I always choose my own first, but I, I definitely want to cover many more songs. And the, the, you know, decisions are always guided by that feeling here, which mm -hmm. I have to love this song. I have to be very connected to the song. Uh, I've done a couple covers with the Joy Thieves, which one of them is Citizen Dad. Yes, yes, very cool. And then we did Money's Not My God, uh, that, that, you know... Um, rougher kind of like a song uh, followed by uh, Pat Benatar mm -hmm. uh, Love is a Battlefield, Love is a battlefield. Yep, yep, yep. I love Pat Benatar the, yes. I love that song so much that uh, this was so much fun to, to I think uh, quick note Pat Benatar is highly underrated um, but uh, yeah the Susie cover that you guys did is oh my god <laughs> it's so good <laughs> so much fun i love yeah. all the creatives they're all just amazing people so yeah well i think uh, what I, we just heard here is that we're getting an album of nothing but covers that's what i heard i'm writing it down so um Ooh. 2024 look for it fans <laughs> <laughs> i think uh for a, an act that is maybe you know not super well known it's really cool when you're able to work in a cover because if people don't know your music, then suddenly you're playing the song that maybe everybody knows. And they're like, it kind of brings them in, makes them comfortable maybe. <laughs> and, you know, you can kind of worm your way in there then. Cause they're like, Oh, well, you know, I like this song and it's like, well, I'll listen to the rest of this, you know, something like that. But I think it's a good tool, whether, whether, you know, I it, it's kind of gross to think of it like that, but it is kind of a good tool for a band that, you know, is up and coming or something like that. They're like, oh, you know, everybody likes this song. Let's play that and we'll get them with that, you know. That's kind of cool. A lot of people uh, got, basically gain huge fame on YouTube doing yeah. cover work. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. I love cover songs, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love good cover songs yes of course <laughs> there could be and that again that's subjective but um yeah you know, if i if i say it it's right so we'll just, <laughs> we'll just stick with that uh mr monday did you have anything else for her she's been so gracious to give us an hour this evening i don't think so i think i think we covered a lot and you know oh, we lost I, lighting we lost lighting my light just died literally Can you <laughs> <laughs> I think that's giving us a hint. Huh? Yeah, that's that's our cue. <laughs> Is that really connected this to like the source. It should. Be. No, well, we I can still see. <laughs> now your hair looks orange. That's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Is there anything that uh, you want to leave us with tonight? Anything uh, that we missed that we need to know? Definitely, I don't want to leave no one with darkness, but I guess <laughs> this happened anyways. Uh, well, I guess I am very grateful for everyone who tuned in tonight and who listens to this, who watches this. Uh, yeah, and uh, please come to my website, check my stuff out, check my new release out. The video is coming uh, on Thursday. But I have a lot more things coming next year. It's going to be a lot of new, 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 new stuff. So, yeah, stick around, please. Join me. And, yeah. <laughs> well, um, one other I thing that been... you... Oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead Muddy. Well, no, I was, was just going to ask say... about your uh, website. Sorry, I just did that again. But you just talked about come to my website. I've got yes. that on the screen. But um, 
are you is it just ayatoya on instagram wherever oh, yeah. else that you are yeah everywhere is just ayatoya okay and so my website is ayatoya.com so yes okay sorry monday oh, yeah. <laughs> so i was just going to say that we are moving into the season in america for thanksgiving and i am very thankful for two stabbing westward for bringing you along on their tour so that now i have a new artist that i enjoy and you know we reached out and made this connection so hopefully we can do that again in the future when you have some new material coming out or and, and you are welcome anytime we will probably reach out before you do but uh <laughs> But yeah, we, we've met so many great people doing this podcast that we've become friends with that we've never really met in person. So it's so cool. And thank you for, you know, now putting your name on that list and joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You guys are just absolutely wonderful. So it will be an honor to be back to chat with you again and hopefully to meet you in person on the road. Chicago's yes. not that far yeah. away. Yeah, I'm up there all the time. So, so we can do that. So we'll just have to find out where you're performing next. and um, Or maybe I'll come up there and get some vocal lessons because I have quite the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I schedule for uh, next year. This year I don't perform anymore. I hmm. basically take a break, take a big breather for the holidays and just like rest up. It's been a very busy year. When it comes yeah, to life, so I've been on the road a lot. But uh, next year, I have things shaping up. They are not announced yet, so I cannot reveal. But soon. Well, we'll be watching that for sure. Thank you. All so right. Thank Everybody, you. head over to ayatoya.com and join the cult. Get yourself one of those crisis hotline bracelets. You'll be thrilled that you do. Uh, Mr. Mundy, where can we find you? Uh, just... Easiest place is on Instagram. It's just my handle on the show at Metalhead Monday, M U N D Y. Come see pictures of my cat and, you know, when I go to live shows and see people like Ayatoya. Excellent. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Foggy's Pal. That's the name. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Castbox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, and comics reviews and a review of one Panic Room video on Thursday at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. We will see you next week with episode 163. Thank you again, Anya, for coming on the show tonight. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we are going to have the show Leave tonight with work of one of our friends, former uh, podcaster with us, Mr. JPP. I hope you enjoy this, Anya. Oh, I love you.